we've been in this Advent series and, and the title, the big title is Christmas Makes Everything, dot, dot, dot. <laughs> Christmas Makes Everything Messy. We spend a lot of time talking about messiness in life. Anybody have any messy spots in your Christmas? I mean, how's your house? You got your house all in order now. I've still got tables and paper and I've got junk everywhere trying to get ready for Christmas. Anybody got any messy fa- Sorry, I'm not recorded, am I? Anybody got any messy family relationships at Christmas time that just show up? Yeah. Who's coming to whose house first? Who got the bigger gift? Really? Well, anyway, we talked about the messiness of Christmas and and how how Christ comes into the messiness of us, because because Christmas itself is a pretty messy story, you know. You, you've got you've got some weird things going on there. You've you've got uh, mysterious visitations from angelic beings, and you've got um, you've got uh, pregnancies that are kind of suspicious, and, and and you've got you know travels in the night, mysterious travels in the night, and and you've got uh, just kind of. Weird things happening, like a birth in a stable. I mean, why would we be doing that kind of thing? we got an irate king who's just really not very happy about the whole process. You got any relatives like that? I'm here about it. got strangers showing up. I don't even know these people. Why are they coming to my bedside or my stable side? (laughs) Odd visitors that are from a different place, different country. But what we find out in the midst of all that is that God does some of his best work in the messiness of life. He just shows up big in those times. And so we've talked a lot about that. We've talked about how God makes everything new in Christmas time. Gives us an opportunity for fresh starts and and newness that comes, not because our circumstances are particularly changed. We're we're still going to wake up to the same kind of stuff. But because he's changing something in us, he's changing our heartbeat and our mindset and all those kinds of things. And somehow we are made new in the midst of it as the freshness of Christmas comes alive in us. And God invites us to just embrace him and find newness. Well, today we're talking about this idea that, that Christmas makes everything surprising. Really, really, you go through the, the story. I, I mean, seriously. If you and I were to have just sit down, sat down and said, let's write out a Christmas story. This is not the Christmas story we would have written. I mean, who thinks of this kind of stuff? It, it, it doesn't work like this. I mean, almost at every point in the story, there's something surprising that happens. Something that's just unusual, different than we'd expected and certainly different than we would have planned. I think that's probably what makes God God and me me. I'm pretty boring. But I want to talk to you about those surprises today. But but not not the usual ones. I mean, if you've thought very much about the Christmas story, you kind of hit most of the new ones pretty quickly. You get the idea that that the Messiah didn't, you know, come from an established, you know, royal line that's sitting on a throne somewhere. I mean, he has royalty in his background, but, but he didn't come from the palace kind of thing. You, you understand that uh, the, these angelic 
Some visits are kind of a surprising thing. That was an unusual kinds of thing. You were a bit amazed at, at, a, at a young girl being chosen to be the mother of God. I don't know what all that is. It's surprising that the Messiah, the king, was born not in a palace, but in a stable. And if we went through, we could probably say, what's surprising to you? We'd all have a pretty long list of things we could identify that are kind of surprising about the Christmas story. And yet I'd like to talk to you about, about three ideas that, that seem related to me and that are especially surprising. They're surprising because too often I, I take them for granted. I'm so much a recipient of it and so much a part of it that I, I kind of miss it. But they're huge and important and, and surprising. They come out of the angel's declaration to the shepherds in Luke chapter 2, verses 10 and 11. Is that on the screen? Did we get that there? Can we read this together? Would you read this out loud with me? It says, but the angel said to them, do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today, in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. That's a pretty amazing kind of declaration. In fact, you know, I just want you to do something for me. Would you just turn to somebody nearby to you and just, we're going to do two things. But the first thing you're going to do is just turn to somebody nearby to you and just say, Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. It's good news, isn't it? Look on that screen again. Put that back back up there. Okay, we're going to have you do one other thing. Up on that screen, look at that. What is it that captures your attention in that passage? Can you just see one word, one phrase, one idea that just captures your attention? Everybody identify one of those. What is it that captures your attention there? Have you got one? Okay, now turn to the person next to you. Tell them what that is. Okay, good news. Israel, which one captures your attention? What's it? Today. Today. He is the Messiah, the Lord. Okay, what else? Who else? What, was, what captured your attention? A Savior has been born. Somebody else. Do you have one? What's yours, Ben? Don't be afraid. I like that. Somebody else? We had a lot of good news ones over here. Yes. The Lord, the Lord today. Good. What else? You hear that one? That's the one I want to talk to you about. Today, count of David, I bring you good news that is for all the people. All the people. That, that's the one I want us to think about today, because that, that, that is a surprising concept. When you think about this idea of, of all, it, it boggles my brain how, how that would be a part of what we do. But, but it is so much a part of who God is. 
You see, you look back and you think about all through scriptures and what do you have? When you, when you look back and, and, and you hear right from the very beginning, when God begins to reveal himself and he's talking, he's intervening, he's, he's hanging out with, with Abraham and all those kind of things, and he already is talking about there is a process that's going on here that, that is going to be good news for all the people. The nations are going to be blessed through you and your descendants. There is this connection to all that happens way back when. And you have years and years go by and you begin to have the, the prophecies that come from all the prophets. And, and they begin to say the same thing. There's a Messiah coming. And when the Messiah comes, it's going to be different. And, and it's going to be different for Israel. But not only for Israel, it's going to be different for all people. There's an impact that happens to all people. And continue to roll right on through that, and you find, surprisingly enough, that it, it's, it's just there. It, it, it is right into Jesus' words when he said, I have come that you may be blessed, and, and I've come to bring hope and peace. It, it, it's, it's come when we hear passages of Scripture, we remember in, from the Gospels that, that it is for God so loved the world. <laughs> we remember passages like, whosoever will, anybody and all are included in this Christmas story. We remember Pentecost. You remember the day of Pentecost? And amazing things, the word was proclaimed and, and who responded? People of all the nations responded. They were all there worshiping and they suddenly responded. They heard the, lang- they heard the story in their own language and they responded. It's the Apostle Paul, and he proclaims that he is the, the minister, not just to the Gen- Jews, but to the Gentiles. There's this expansion of this concept of, of who this God story stuff is about and for. It's for all. So I come back to the story, the Christmas story, and, and, and there are three things that I, I, I want us to just kind of focus in today and, and think about just kind of briefly, that are related to this idea of all. The first thing is this, is that, that God's Christmas invitation crosses every socioeconomic barrier. It's that kind of inclusiveness. Just think about who this story came to. The angels came to the shepherds. The, the, the shepherds. Now, now, you know who shepherds were. They, they were. they were the folks, you know, tending their sheep by night, abiding in the hills. But you see, shepherds in that day and age were, were kind of the lowest strata of workplace that you could have. If you had a job and you had the lowest kind of job you could have, it was a shepherd's job. I mean, it, it was just people didn't want that kind of job. But that's who the message came to. That's who was first invited to come and see, as as we just talked about a second ago. It was to shepherds. But the funny thing is, as you go through the story, what you find out is that the message just didn't come to shepherds. Now, now not everybody responded to it. That's the reality. But the invitation crossed every line you could ever imagine. Just think about all the people who heard about the story. You have the shepherds at this lowest level of the socioeconomic strata of the society. You have them coming and hearing about it. They come, they see, they're proclaimed, they're rejoicing. They go out and they begin to tell all their friends. 
And they, they begin to go out and just share. And they're probably sharing in their own group and then beyond their group. And, and the word kind of goes out, there's a Savior that's been born. There's an innkeeper who we always kind of give a bad rap, don't we? We always kind of just rag on the innkeeper. And, and there may be, we'll, we'll see. In heaven, well, I probably won't care when you get to heaven, but, but I mean, we'll just kind of see. But, but you know, the innkeeper, he heard the news. He heard that there's this lady coming and, and she's pregnant and she needs some place. I haven't got any place in the room, but maybe you could have the stable. He knew about it. There's royalty that knew. The wise men came to King Herod. He knew. Didn't like it, but he knew. It was an invitation. Even now, King Herod, you could have. See, God's Christmas invitation crosses every single socioeconomic level you could imagine. God's Christmas invitation crosses every cultural barrier. I love it that we just said Merry Christmas in about eight or nine different languages here. Well, maybe if you count some of them twice, which is ministerially speaking. But, you know, we we just said it in, what did we say? We said in English and Spanish and French and sign language and uh, Japanese and Swedish and... Hawaiian, that's seven. And then we did a couple of them twice, like I'm mean, denying. Okay, there you go. <laughs> I think it's very interesting that when we go through the story and we read the Christmas story, that, that Matthew in his gospel tells us that there were magi who came from the east, from a far off country. How many magi were there, by the way? Ah, good. That was a trick question. We don't know. <laughs> there were three gifts, but we don't know how many, how many magi there were. But, but I think it's not by coincidence, and, and it is surprising, it is surprising to me, but not outside of God's planning, that people from another cultural group came and celebrated this newborn king. It says something to me about the breadth and depth and diversity of God's invitation. This is a theme that's just continued all the way through. Look at, think about, think about Jesus and his life. Where did Jesus go and who did he hang out with? Hung out with the poor. Hang out, hung out with Samaritans. Did the unthinkable. Crossed a cultural barrier. Hung out with the Samaritans, had interactions and did miracles with Roman soldiers, the enemy. Brought women near to him who had never been brought near in in that cultural day, near to spiritual things. The sick, the infirmed, the untouchables. All of those people Jesus modeled to us as being welcome at his table. And then Jesus commands his disciples. And what does he say to them? Go out to the ends of the earth and proclaim good news. 
One more time, the day of Pentecost. All of these people from all of these nations responding to a message of the Messiah. Think about that. In this very day and age, the message of Christ, the words Merry Christmas are spoken all around the world in almost every language and almost every cultural group. There is a broadness and a depth to God's story that includes us. Aren't you glad for that? All of us, in all of our diversity, includes us. That's surprising. When, when, when you have, I mean, do you understand why this is surprising? It's surprising because it was coming out of a, of a message that was pretty nationalistic. It, it was just the Israelites, and they're a good thing. And God comes in the form of a baby saying, no, I've got something else you guys need to understand. It's for everybody. And finally, I would just share with you that God's Christmas invitation crosses every spiritual barrier. Today in the town of David, there is born, what? A Savior. He is Christ the Lord. A Savior. We, we understand that God sent His Son at Christmas time, the Messiah, for a reason. It wasn't just to have fun. It was just to have a party. It was because we needed a Savior. You know what that says to me? That there is no place where I can go or be that God's grace and mercy and love cannot reach. You understand that? There's, there's nothing that I can do that can that can make me so far away that God could never reach out to me and include me in his story. You see, that's what makes Christmas so amazing, so surprising to me. It's for everybody. It's for the high and mighty. It's for the lowly and humble. It's for the rich and the poor. It's for the educated and the simple. It's for the Israelites and for all the rest of us. That includes most everybody here in this room, I guess. This message, it knows no boundaries. It doesn't see any color and it speaks all languages. It's for the faithful and it's for those who are struggling. It's for everybody. It's for all of us. It invites all of us, whoever we are, wherever we are, whatever we're experiencing, this Christmas includes you. When I understood that, that was a surprising message to me. I was a freshman in college. 
1974. Forty years ago, in just a few days, 40 years ago, a surprising message broke into my life between Christmas and New Year's in my father's living room. I said yes to the message of Jesus 40 years ago. And that yes changed my life. I really do believe this stuff. I really do believe angels came and proclaimed. I really do believe in a virgin birth. I really do believe in God come to earth. I really do believe in a God who says, I don't care where you've been, what you've done, what you look like, what language you speak, how many good things you've done or how many bad things you've done. I believe God invites us in. And in this Christmas, I want to ask you, do you really believe that? Christmas is surprisingly enough for you. It's for you. Let's pray. Father, we thank you that in such a surprising way, surprising in its breadth and depth and diversity. You came into this world. You invited us into a love relationship with you. A baby placed in a manger Odd, surprising, but true. And Lord, I thank you that it has surprising power to transform our lives. This day, Lord, I pray for my people that as we sing songs, as we read the story, that we would recognize that that all, good news for all the people, includes us. Lord, you're not afraid to step into the messiness of our lives. I pray, Lord, that today, each one of us would affirm afresh anew you are our God, our Savior, Christ the Lord. Lord, help us to say yes to that. Our heads bowed and our eyes closed. If if you're here and, and the story seems distant,
unbelievable. And yet there's something tugging at your heart that says just take a chance and believe it. I want to encourage you. Take that chance. To say yes. It's as simple as that. To say yes, I believe. I believe in the Messiah, my Savior. Lord, have your way done in us. Draw us. I thank you, Lord, that 40 years ago, that's what I said. Just real simple. God, I believe in you. I acknowledge all that I've heard. I need you. Come take charge of my life. Lord, you changed my life. I thank you for that. It's the Christmas story. And it's surprisingly good news. May it be so this day. For all in this place, we pray in Jesus' name.